month, I did something I thought I would never do. My husband and I, we packed up our three kids, ages 12, 9, and 7. We loaded them up in our car, and we went on a 5,000-mile, 19-day road trip out west. Winger's head west, if you will, because I named our trip. My last name is Winger. Now, why did I never think I would do something like this? Well, there are a few reasons. The first one, just real talk, I never thought I would be in a place financially where I could do something like this. Like, it's not cheap. It takes a lot of time, a lot of planning, a lot of saving. And if you know my story, you know that I didn't grow up doing these big family vacations. I didn't grow up with very much. But God has been so faithful. I have learned along the way God's best financial plan for my life, and that came with a promise that said I would have every need met and plenty left over to share with others. And it's been true in my life, and it's true for you too. And guess what? This has nothing to do with my message, but I love telling this any chance I get, that God will provide for you when you trust him with your finances. Amen? Amen. Okay, the second reason I never thought I would do something like this, head out west. I'm not made for the outdoors. Right, I'm kind of, I'm an indoor cat, right? So the thought of loading my kids up and going out west to explore national parks, you think, not me, not me, right? But sure enough, I've actually always been a little enamored with mountains, so I thought, well, let's just give it a go. And so we, we did this, we set out on this great adventure. Before we left, of course, I was doing my research online, I was looking at the National Park website, and I discovered this amazing initiative that they have to get kids and their families to the state or the different national parks. And it's called Every Kid Outdoors. And sure enough, that means that every fourth grader and their families get in free to national parks. Now, let me just tell you, we were in luck because we have a fourth grader this year. So I went to Claire and I said, Claire, you're saving the family so much money. Like, thanks for being you. You're amazing. And she's just smiling from ear to ear. She got her name written on the card entrance thing. It was like she was the one. She was so thrilled. It was awesome. And if you know my husband, Ben, you know that free, or at least really cheap, is the best way to travel. So he was really thrilled too. We were so excited. We loaded up our car and we headed out west for these, this national uh, national Park trip. We're going to see all the great things. I do want to make this clear. Visiting national parks, I did not mean camping, right? Because I get to draw the line somewhere. I'm not camping, right? But I get out there, we'll look at it, and put me in a hotel. Like, because, yeah, not made for the outdoors. Okay. So we saw so many beautiful things. I have some pictures for you. We saw the Grand Canyon. That's my little G, babe. She, she thought she, she was an adventurer. She's like, I will climb everything, except she's seven, so she's exhausted. Um, we went to Bryce National Park, we saw Zion, we went to the Tetons, we saw Rocky Mountain National Park, Salt Lake City. You guys, unbelievable. It was absolutely stunning. I've never seen anything like this in my life. And one of my most favorite moments of this whole trip, um, it was early on in our trip when we were at the Grand Canyon, and uh, our bodies didn't really adjust well to that two-hour time difference, so my son Cohen, he's 12, we kept waking up like, two hours early. So it's like 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, I look over, he's awake. I'm like, bro, let's, let's jet. Let's go watch the sunrise over the Grand Canyon. Okay, sure enough, I loaded him up. We went over. It was, it was unbelievable. Like it's a memory that's going to stick with me for a lifetime. It was so much fun. Now, is the point of my message today to bore you with my slideshow from vacation? No, I promise there's really a point, but those are my slideshow from vacation. We'll be done. Okay, so we saw all these really great things. But what God showed me on this trip was a couple things that I felt like weren't just for me, but they were also for us. And the first thing is, you know, when, when, you're, when you're out staring at God's beautiful creation, you can't help but be enamored with the creator, 
right? And not just at national parks. I'm talking like Busey Woods or Homer Lake or Lake of the Woods or your backyard when you see that beautiful sunset. Like when you're staring at creation, there's something like in the deepest part of our soul that resonates with God, the creator, right? And this was happening to me. I I was on this trip and I was thinking about all these beautiful things I was experiencing and I was feeling so lucky and like, God, thanks for showing this to me. But I was thinking, man, what is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen? And then I wondered, well, what is the most beautiful thing anybody's seen? So think about it for a minute. What's the most beautiful thing you've seen? Is it a place? Is it uh, maybe a place you grew up, a place you visited, a historical site? What's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Well, I was really interested and I thought it would be fun on this trip to ask strangers what they thought the most beautiful thing was that they've ever seen just to get their responses. And I filmed it. So I want you to take a minute and watch these strangers ask the, or answer the question, what is the most beautiful thing you've seen? Take a look. And we're asking people along the way, what's the beautiful thing they've ever seen? What's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Do you mind answering for us? Um, yeah, probably um, the mountain right after it rains is probably the most beautiful thing. I would say a smoky mountain. Probably the Grand Canyon. Bryce Canyon, we just came from it. Have you guys been to City of Roxbury? Never. No, no it's going towards Silver City. Okay. Is that the most beautiful? Yes. Okay. I love it there. I mean, it's a bunch of rocks, but the way they're just stacked up on it. I love that. I used to live out in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, and I would go out to Vita View, Wyoming. And I've, I'm a climber, and one of the coolest, one of the first time I ever climbed there, I did this. 200 foot climb um, and while sitting on top looked directly south 100 miles away where the Rocky Mountains just still snow capped. It was phenomenal. I actually used to work at Yellowstone before I worked here and uh, just seeing all the geysers and the mud pots and then I also got to see wolves. Um, I'd have to say my kitten when I found her. Well, I used to live in Moab, Utah. Oh, okay. And so Arches National Park was my favorite place to go to. We've been, um, we're going on a road trip um, out west, and we're asking people along the way what's the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. What's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Which one is specific? Probably at Hull Point. Um, I would say the view up at Angel's Landing or at Scouts is a really beautiful view. No, go ahead. So we're on a road trip across the country. So we're, we're on a road trip and um, we're asking everywhere we go, we're asking people what's the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. Oh, the most beautiful thing I've ever yeah, seen. That's a really good question. Um, here in Grand Teton, um, I did a hike last summer and I ended up going up over um, the middle Teton. Wow. Not completely over yeah. it, but like near the base of it. And there was this beautiful lake and there was no one there. It was just me and my friend that I hiked with. And the sun was setting and I could see the whole park from the top. And that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. 
So I had so much fun asking them what's the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. And of course, their answers were these beautiful places that they were living in or places they have been. And the truth is, I got it. Like as I was out there in the mountains doing something I've never done, I'm like, this, this is beautiful, this is stunning. But I gotta tell you, at one point I was actually hiking in front of this mountain in the Grand Tetons, and I was walking and I was just having this moment with God. He was speaking to me. Um, you know, if you missed the last series about how we hear God's voice, go back and listen to it because I knew this was the voice of God. Holy Spirit lives inside of me. We've had conversations my entire life, so I know his voice. But I was talking to God on this mountain and I was telling him, God, like, this is incredible. Like, what you did. Like, this is so great, right? I'm telling him how lucky I feel to be here and to experience all this. And I'm literally like lauding for him, all for the, the beautiful things he made. And he said, yes, Leah. He said, it's beautiful. But do you know what is my most beautiful creation? I'm like, oh, I didn't think to ask you, Lord. What is most beautiful? And he says, it's my people. People are my most beautiful creation. And I'm like, well, Lord, these people didn't know that. And I'm standing here and I don't know if you're right, totally, because I'm looking at this and this is pretty beautiful. But I've learned, don't challenge the Lord like that. Don't do that. I say, yes, Lord, show me what you mean. And all throughout this trip, I couldn't get Psalm 8 out of my head. I want to read this verse here. This, well, the whole passage, well, part of the passage, a few verses with you today. Psalm 3, this is written by David. And the things I was feeling and sensing in this moment are the things that he writes he says, when I look at the night sky, probably the Utah night sky, if you've seen it, I think that's what he was looking at. See the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place. What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swim, swims in the ocean currents. O oh Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. It is stunning to me, especially after seeing so many incredible places, that the beauty of the created world still pales in comparison to the beauty of God's created people. Do you ever find yourself like taken back by the beauty of the people in front of you? When you're staring at the mountain, you can't help but go, wow. But we don't do that with God's people. And he's saying, they are my most prized possession. They are my highest priority, you and me. We are his most beautiful creation. And you read this passage and David is like saying all the things I was thinking, right? He's like, God, wow, this is really, really beautiful. How'd you do it? Right, and you guys, the whole trip, I don't know if this is like things moms do because apparently that's me now. I'm like, Oh my God, did you guys see that? Did you see that mountain over there? Or ooh, look, did you see that squirrel? Like we have squirrels here, but you know, out in nature, it's like, ooh, squirrel. They're like, mom, it's enough. But I was just enamored by the beauty. And David here is enamored by the beauty of God. But also in this moment, when you are hiking by a big mountain, you can't help but think, who am I? I'm so small. The world is so big. And yet God, you're speaking to me here. Who am I that you know my name? that you wanna say things to me? Who am I that you love me this much? The God of the universe loves you. He's crazy about you. He wants to be in relationship with you. Do you know he's always saying good things about you because of, of Jesus? He loves you so much and you are his highest priority. People are God's most beautiful creation. 
I was traveling around the world, you know, talking to these random strangers. And the more you do it, the easier it gets, just so you know. Like sometimes you're like, oh, stranger. It gets better. Because here's what the Lord was showing me. The most beautiful thing I was going to see in that whole trip was them. The gas station worker, the server, the park ranger, zuh, there were a lot of them. Right? The most beautiful thing I was going to see in all my time out west was the people that God created. What if I never took the time to make them a priority? I would have missed out. You don't pass by a mountain without looking, and yet we pass by people all the time without giving them the attention that God gives them. You know, you get to the end of your life, and I think you, you, you question these things about priority. Like, did I prioritize the things that mattered? I just did a funeral this week, and so it's, it's fresh on your mind, right? When people, when their lives, their earthly lives come to an end. But I think oftentimes we have prioritized the wrong things in our life, right? Is it the career, the success, the money, the fame, the beauty? What are we prioritizing when at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the people, our relationships. People are God's most beautiful creation and we want to make them a priority. Why do we believe that people are the most important? Because only people are made in God's image. Everyone say image, right? The mountains are gorgeous. They don't image God. The canyons are stunning. They don't image God. Only people are made in the image of God, breathed in with his spirit breath of life. Only people image and reflect him. Let's read this in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. It says, then God said, let us, and this is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's why it's plural, us, make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. People, people are God's most beautiful creation because we are made in his image and his likeness. And we are called to share that goodness of who God has made us to be, that image and likeness with the world, right? So we're gonna take a minute now. We're gonna talk about the nature of God. Who is it that you know God to be? So I want you, like I can see you and I can hear you. So you're gonna share with me now. Who is God to you? Just in a word, God is good. God is faithful. God is awesome. God is love. God is truth. How about from over here? God is powerful. God is, yeah, yes, I was just smushed in there, but I think I heard them all. Right, God is all of these things. And do you know what? He lives in you. When we say yes to Jesus, we are filled with his spirit and that means we are made in his image. So these are the good things we have to give to the world. Wouldn't our world look better if we imaged God a little better every day? Sometimes I want my kids to image God a lot better. Like, where is that, you know? Made in the image of God, you're so much worth in value. Close your mouth. <laughs> we help them become everything God's made them to be, right? Here's, here's the truth. You know it's very hard to live out your identity when you don't know your worth and value? How do you live up to it? You don't even know what it's supposed to be. And we hold the keys to this. We know God. We know who he is. We know his nature. We know how he's wired. We know what he has placed in us to give to the world. And we can call out the gold. We can call out those God qualities in every single person we meet. Amen? How different would the world be if they heard those things? Wait, I'm made in the image of God? 
what, God put us over all, like gave us all authority over creation? I think, I don't know if that was a good idea, God, but he did, so we believe him. Wow, we are made in the image of God. Some of you need to remember this today. You're made in the image of God. You are so valuable to him. You are so valuable that he gave his only son so that he could be in a right relationship with you. Do you know that? There's nothing you can do that's gonna make you, him love you anymore. And there's nothing you can do that's gonna make him love you any less. He's crazy about you. He's always saying good things about you. We need to be reminded so that we can remind the world of these good things. Amen? Amen. So making people a priority in our lives is God's highest priority, his people, right? So it should be our priority. We wanna make people the highest priority in our lives. How do we do this? What's our first step anyway? The first thing we have to do is be present. So everyone say, be present. Be present. Okay, on my trip, you can type this in the chat if you're listening online too, be present. On my trip, the Lord said to me, Leah, I want you to be present. What a good word, eh? I'm like, okay. So he's like, delete your email. I'm like, but I love work. Doesn't matter. Delete your email. Delete your socials. We're gonna delete everything that is gonna keep you distracted from enjoying the people right in front of you. And you know what? It was awesome. Thankfully, we didn't have cell service for like a majority of the trip, so that really helped be free from temptation. Be present. We are oftentimes very distracted by things that don't matter and we miss out on what matters most, which is God's people, right? From whatever, you know, Netflix or just like scrolling stuff online, like we are missing out on God's most prized possession. Would you drive past the mountain and just go, oh, didn't see it? You guys literally at one point, I didn't even tell first service this, we're driving in the desert and it's like been desert for like three hours or something. And traveling these days with kids is much easier because we have tablets, bum ba ba they're great, they're wonderful. Kids have tablets, it makes it so much easier. My youngest, my seven-year-old's in the back, way back with her tablet. And again, three hours in the desert. All of a sudden I hear a little head pop up and she goes, we're in the desert? I'm like, put your iPad down, like stop, stop and look around at this. I mean, it's nothing at that point, but just look because it's different than home, right? We can be so distracted from what's right in front of us. But God is saying, would you be present with people? Would you look them in the eye? Would you get to know their name? Would you get to know their story? And would you begin to call to life what is inside of them and what I have made them to be, who I have made them to be? Would you be present? Now, I was having some conversations with God about this the last couple months, and he was really challenging me. And he told me, Leah, I really want you to be present, like more present in your neighborhood. And if you know, you know my story. Like, I, I love my neighbors. We've lived there nine years. We have intentionally invested. These people, they, they mean the world to me. I love them. I do. But God asked me to run a vacation Bible school out of my house, and I did not want to do it. <laughs> really, if you, I mean... Every Kingdom Kids worker ever, we love you, we love you, we love you. This was hard. When he's like, I want you to do this, I want you to run, like Backyard Bible Club, VBS, we called it Kids Camp, out of your yard for your neighbors. It's like, okay, so I start recruiting. I text all the neighbors that I know that love Jesus. Some are, some are Catholic, some are Lutheran, some have no faith at all. I'm like, hey, help me, will ya? They said yes. So I had 10 moms and dads coming together to run this camp for me. I recruited middle school and high school students. Let me tell you, do not sleep on those students. They're filled with the spirit. They have so much good stuff to give away. They are incredible. They, yes. They, middle school and high school students in my neighborhood led the little crews, every, like took them from little station to station. And we had 50 campers come through, 50 of my neighbors. You guys, I've done 
all the fun things. I've done the, the block parties. I've done the, you know, pickup games. We've done this. We've never done something quite like this where they had an opportunity to be uh, molded together by Holy Spirit. I had kids praying who have never prayed before, hearing the things of God that they've never heard before. It was stunning. But the thing that marked me the most, I was teaching one of the lessons, and the whole lesson was actually on how we are made in the image of God. You have so much value to bring to the earth, right? And so one of the things I did, I had this little mirror. I think I blinded first service. I'll be careful this time. I'll just show me. Um, so I had this little hand mirror, and one of the things I did was I went around to each kid, and I wanted them to be able to say, what is one God quality, right? We talked about God qualities earlier. He's love, he's kind, he's faithful, he's patient. He's, what's, what's a God quality that you have to bring to the world? And so I get my little mirror, and I put it in their face, and they, like, they kept looking down. I was like, oh, I'm off, I'm off. Like, I was trying to, like, really angle it right. That was not the problem. They couldn't do it. And these, these were the fourth and fifth graders, you guys. They couldn't like look themselves in the mirror and say one thing that they loved about themselves. God is always saying good things about you. He loves his people. And so what did we do? We went around. We started saying the good things about them. We prophesied. We didn't call it that. Words of encouragement. We're going to speak God's life over you. You guys, their little faces just beamed ear to ear. Kids got tears in their eyes. It's like things they've never heard before. And these are great kids. But God wanted to encourage them that day and it changed the course of our relationships. I'm so grateful I said yes to this VBS. It was hard <laughs> because I was so tired. We had five nights. I'm tired after work and that is like the last thing I wanted to do. Honest, real talk, totally worth it. And they're already asking next year, right? I'm like, we'll see, yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's changed, it, it just changed the course of their relationships. So now when they're playing a pickup game and somebody gets hurt, they pray over each other. And now they can continue to prophesy over each other. You guys, I'm telling you, it, it's changed the, the trajectory of their relationships. So many good conversations have come from this. So worth it. All because I chose to not hang out five nights a week watching Netflix or whatever, because I gave a little time to the people who are right in front of me. And I think the question for each of us today is, who is God asking you to be very, very present with? He's probably not asking you to, to do a VBS. If he is, I got stuff, I can help you. It's probably not it. And that's not my everyday life. Hear me say that. But man, if I can choose to pause. I went to Aldi the other day and I have no big God story. All I did was pause and I looked at her name tag and I looked her in the eye. And I was just very present. I said, how's your day going? Little things, right? Can we be present with the people who are right in front of us? Can we choose to see the good things that God has put in them and call them to life? We've heard enough bad about ourselves. You know, words of, just terrible words spoken over us as children. Um, you know, mean kids on the playground. Someone saying, you're not doing it right. You're not good enough. You're not this and you're that. The world is speaking all that garbage. Could we come alongside and speak God's truth over them? That they're loved, they're valued, that they have purpose in this world. That you, you, right here in these seats, listening online, you are loved and valued. You have purpose in this world. And because we can hear from God, we can begin to speak good things over their lives. Amen? God, they're, they're his most beautiful creation in all of the world. Could we be present with them? That's what God's asking, okay? All right, would you stand with me? Worship team, you can come on out. We're gonna turn our attention to the one who created all of this magnificent stuff in the world and created the person right next to you and created you. And let me say this. 
So I was gone for a few weeks and I missed you so much. I missed being here in person with you. I was asking God, like, what is, what's the purpose of all this? We come together, right? We, we hear the word, we pray for each other, we worship. What is, why do we, why do we come together? And there's many, many reasons. But the one that struck me the most, there's something that we do together that can only happen when we are gathered together. That is worship of our almighty father. And when the saints come together to worship his name all together in one voice, something supernatural happens. And so today we are gathered here in the presence of our almighty God to worship him and thank him for being the creator that he is. He's magnificent. And so we're gonna take some time and we're gonna sing songs to God that remind him how much we love him, that tell him of his goodness and the wonderful things that he's created. And we're gonna allow him to speak back to us because he loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, and he's here in this place. Amen? Let's worship.